You know, in the last couple of weeks we have been talking on, on desire and having our desires. Really what I'm, I'm getting down to tonight, I'm, I'm going to look at, you know, how to have God's desires in our life. And um, that's really where we all want to be. And um, we sung about it there, sung about our desires. And you know what, truly that is, that is our desire is to have, have God's desires um, in our lives. And really, uh, let me just say this as well. The reason I've been going this direction is because um, we're going to be talking on signs and, and wonder. Well, we have been talking on it all year, but I want to talk on the gifts of spirit soon. Um, and um, you know the Bible says to desire to desire spiritual gifts, and if you want to have spiritual gifts operating in your life, you have to desire them. You have to covet them. They just won't fall on us. Um, you, you know, even though they are as the spirit wills, but you still have to believe for them by faith. Amen. And then when the Spirit of God is moving on your life, then that's where you step out in faith in those things. But, but you have to want them. You have to want to have a move of God. And you know what? We'll never, see it. We'll never have a move of God and see a move of God unless we want it. That's right. Amen. Now, we, other people might have a move of God, but if you want to have a move of God in your life, you have to want it. You know, I want God to, to, to use me more than anything. So, and, and as we're talking about desires, you know what, that's, desire gives you the want to. So that's really why God has built us with, with the ability to de desire, you know, de desire nice things in life, but also to desire what God has for us first and foremost. And if you don't desire it, then you won't want it. And so God has built on, into us this ability called desire that gives us the want to. And you know what, you know, I, I want to serve God with all of my heart. I want what God has for me, more than anything on this planet. Um, last week we looked at there's nothing on this planet, or two weeks ago now, but we looked at there's nothing on this planet satisfies. We, I talked about how that we are to enjoy pleasures, but don't look to, to ple for pleasures to satisfy you. You know, uh, it's whenever people love pleasures, um, that's when they, they miss out on loving God. So the answer is to love God. You know what? Let God satisfy you and just enjoy the things that God gives you. But if you look to pleasures to give you what only Jesus can, you're going to be in trouble because it's a bottomless pit. The Bible says that the eyes are never satisfied with seeing. And we looked at Solomon um, the last time we were here and we seen if there was anybody who could have tried everything on this planet. He had the resources and the ability. He had the finances. He had everything to, to uh, acquire what, what the world would say would make you happy. And he done it to the max. And he came up empty. Because things don't satisfy. Um, I, actually, what I was looking at last week a bit of as well was balance. And I talked about there's a balance in, ple in pleasure. And I talked about, you know, the, um, the Stoics and the Epicureans last week, how that they have two completely different um, sets of desires. One's put the desire down. The other one just went for desire completely. And um, you see that in, in Acts chapter 17, I believe it is, at Mars Hill. But I was saying there's Christian Stoics and Christian Epicureans as well. There are some Christians, they don't believe in any desires, any pleasures. They put every desire and pleasure down. And then we have Christians now that they just live for pleasure. Um, you know what, even in church, they, they can't even, they, they just can't come and just serve God. And I'm not saying we should just come and serve God and not have nice places and nice things. I'm not saying that. But there are some people who think if, uh, you know what, if, if the place isn't lit up like a Christmas tree, well then God couldn't be in the building. And uh, they, again, are we serving God from the sensual or are we serving God from the inner? Um, I'm for all of the nice things. We live in the 21st century. I don't want to do church in 1970, okay? I want to do church now in 2000. 
2018. But I'm not going to change the scripture to do it. And the Holy Ghost, you still need the Holy Ghost in church. Amen. You still need the Word in church. Amen. And if people get past the Word, well then they've went too far for me. Amen. You get past the Holy Ghost, you can go on up the street yourself. But I'm going to stick with the Word. And I'm going to stick with the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to stay in balance. We talked about like when the kids, you know, play a 10-pin bowling. They put the two barriers up and it keeps the ball going right down the middle. And our barriers in life is the Word and the Spirit. If you stay and you let that be your barrier in life, you'll go right down the middle. You know what? If you go to go this way, the Spirit of God will push you towards the Word. The Word will keep steering you towards You just keep going back and forwards so you get a strike. Amen. And you know what? That's the way God wants us to live. He doesn't want us to live out of balance. He wants us to live in balance. Um, I, 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 I tried to show that balance, you know, um, last week. Um, but you know what? The Bible talks about balance as well. You know, and, and there's some things that we don't balance out. Okay? I'll need to just say this here in passing. Just as we move on this evening. But there are some things we don't balance out. Okay. There, you know, you know the, the, to me. Um, one of the major ones in the church. Is that we don't, we don't balance faith and works. Okay. As in there's a work of faith. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about works trying to earn from God. Versus believing and receiving from God. Okay. There are two opposites. The book of Galatians shows it very clearly. You don't balance those. That's right. You know what? We don't need a wee bit of works and a wee bit of faith. The just shall live by faith. Not works and faith, okay? Um, you know, we don't, we don't balance law and grace. Today in, in the church world, we, we, we balance that a lot. And we come, up, we come up with a hybrid message. And you know, when you have a hybrid ma message, you lose the power of it. Um, we don't need law and grace. That's like saying we need Jesus and Moses. We don't. That's like saying, you know, it's like um, you have Hagar and Sarah in the book of, um, in the book of Galatians. Hagar and Sarah, one, you know, Sarah represented grace. Hagar represented the law because she brought bondage. And that's why the law brings us into bondage. Amen. So you, but, but you don't want those two living under your, under your tent. Okay. That's why the Bible said to, um, God told, uh, told um, Abraham to kick out the bondwoman. Amen. Kick out the bondwoman and, and her son. Because we don't, need the, we don't need the law and we don't need the fruit of the law in our lives. We need grace. And it's better to embrace grace than to embrace the law. Amen. I'll, I'll just read this here right in passing. Um, I don't have this, the, the, the scripture to put up for this. but Actually, I was going to bring something tonight. I have a, I have a bottle of water. Um, Donna's biting her finger because I asked her to remind me. But I forgot myself, so who cares? But um, I have this bottle that I keep um, in my office. And um, I have, I have a, it's, just, it's, a, it's a bottle of water. And the water in it, I put blue dye in it because I wanted to really make it stand out, you know, like the food colouring. And I have it halfway. Half of it is oil and half of it is, half of it is um, water. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how much you shake that bottle, that water will never penetrate the oil. Okay? It'll never happen. And if you leave it, they'll separate again. Because you can't mix water and oil together. Well, you can't mix grace and law together. And it doesn't matter how much you mix. Even if you mix it, really, you mix it and mix it and mix it. It looks like it's mixed, but really, you look closely and the oil goes into wee bubbles. And it's still coated. You know what I mean? And, and the water is not penetrating. And you just let it sit and you'll just see it starting to separate again. Because law and grace in our thinking don't mix. And they were never designed to mix. We're not meant to mix the two. 
That's why the Bible says that just shall live by faith. It doesn't say a wee bit of works and faith. It's just totally the just shall live by faith. Amen. Um, I'll just read this scripture right here in Galatians 4 and verse 8. It said here, um, How be it then? When we knew not God, ye did serve unto, or ye did, ye did serve us unto them which by nature are no gods. It says, But now after that you have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements whereon you, desi you desire again to be in bondage? Notice that there. These were people that were set free. Amen. By the grace of God, they received Jesus. And then there was this group of people in Galatia that came. They were called legalistic Judaizers. And they came and tried to put them back under the law. Stick a bunch of Gentiles under the law. And telling the Gentiles they had to be circumcised to be closer to God. You know what? We're circumcised in the heart, the Bible says. By, by God himself. Once you receive Jesus, you have a covenant with him. And there's people go back to Jewish things all the time. You see it today, they're putting prayer shawls on their head to pray. If you're praying with a prayer shawl on your head and you're trusting in that prayer shawl, you'll get nothing. Amen. Amen. Because it doesn't bring you close to God. We pray by faith. Amen. Amen. We pray by we don't pray with gimmicks. Actually, I, I seen this is a new one for me. I was watching a Christian television program. Um, and it wasn't on the normal slot we had seen on Sky. I was actually flicking through and I came across this channel. And they were actually standing with two guys standing with cups of water. And they were praying over this water that it was going to bless your life. But they had everybody in, like, talking to people at home to have your water out. And then when you drink this water, you're going to be blessed. You're not going to be blessed because you drink a cup of water. Amen. The reality of it is, is you're already blessed. You have to believe it. Amen. You're already blessed. But they're just gimmicks. But I was talking about here that there was people that were set free by grace, but they went, they had a, des a desire to go back to the law. And I, I tell you, it's hard to get religion out of people. If you've been brought up in religion, it's hard to get it out of you. And there's people that still go back to the religious things, trusting in the religious stuff. And I find many times when you see people get offended, do you know where they go? They go back to religion. They get offended with people. God hasn't let anybody down, but they get offended with people. And then they go back to... I've seen so many people go back to religion over the years. They got a hold of freedom in Christ, but they got offended or whatever, or else they let somebody talk them out of their freedom. And that's why Paul said, Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has set you free. And don't be enslaved again with the yoke of bondage. You know what that simply means? Don't go back to religion. Stop putting faith in something other than what Jesus has done for you. Come on. Amen? Put your faith in Jesus. There's not a thing we can add to what Jesus has done. Amen? So praise God. You know what I'm just saying? People go back to religion. Um, over in 1 Timothy 1 and verse 7 as well. This whole chapter talks about uh, the gospel. And it starts off in grace. Talks about the gospel. But in 1 Timothy 1 and verse 7. It makes this sta statement. It said that there was people there. What they did was they, they, they got into genealogies. And got into um, stories. You know fables. And they came away from the word. And then it's also say, and, and, and it says here that they swerved. Do you know what? Do you know? Do you know what? Jesus is the one we're meant to be looking at. If we get off on any other thing, we're swerving Jesus, and we're off on a rabbit trail. 
And if you swerve, it's like taking an exit off of the, the, the main road that you're meant to be on. And, and any time we get into gimmicks and, you know, observing days, and, you know, there's people today and they're, get, your, get your, um, you know, your atonement offering on the altar. We're not even under altars today. Amen. But get your, your atonement offering on the altar. And there's this allotted slot of time. That was okay under the old covenant, but not for us today. We live in Jubilee today. Amen. Amen. Jesus is our Jubilee. Amen. So I don't, need, I don't need a specific day. I'm, I'm blessed. And you're blessed. And you're favored of God. You're highly favored. Amen. We're, 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 we live in, in a, a perpetual Jubilee. And that's what we're meant to believe for. Well, you know, we can have nothing missing, nothing broken. Not because we get an, an offering on an altar at a certain time, but because we live in Jubilee today. Amen. We're not, you know what? We, have, we, we don't need a, an, an offering as an atonement or whatever. We have an atonement today. We don't need only that rubbish. We don't need to have, you know, uh, some people are putting trust in these things. They'll say, get your offering. Here's always the gimmick. You'll get this, you know, this um, ornament and it was made in Israel. You know what? If you go to Israel, if I went, I haven't been to Israel, but if I go to Israel, I'll buy everything that's there. Because just like I would go anywhere else on the planet and I would buy the things that are, I'd buy a flag, I'd buy whatever. I might even buy a prayer shawl because it's part of the culture, but I'm not going to be putting it on and I'm not going to be praying. Just like if I went anywhere else on the planet, I'll buy something from the country as a souvenir to bring it home, but I'm not going to be trusting in it. I'm not going to be blowing no ram's horn for Jubilee to come. Come on. Amen. I'm not going to be doing it. I don't care about a ram's horn. What am I going to be doing? Blowing some dead thing. Amen. Praise God. You just sound what Jesus done for you. That's what it means. Sound what he done for you. Amen. I'm not living in the shadow. I'm living in the reality. Why am I going to go back and hug a shadow when I have Jesus? That's like, it's, not, it's, like, it's like Donna being in the room with me and I'm sitting hugging her free, hugging the picture that you offer and kissing the picture. I'm, I'm going to stick my lips in her amen. <laughs> What's the point in kissing a, 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 a type when it can have the reality? Amen. And then it said, Paul said here, he said that there's people that desire to be teachers of the law. Um, and they don't understand, you know, what they're doing. He said, they don't understand. What they do is they pound hard. That's what that means. They pound hard the pulpit. They preach hard. They preach it hard. And it's amazing how people desire to be teachers of the law. I'd rather be a teacher of grace any day. Amen. Amen. I'd rather be a teacher of grace any day of the week. Amen. Praise God. Here, look at this here. Look 5 and verse um, 36. He, that may, he spake a parable unto them. No man putteth a piece of new garment onto an old. If otherwise, then both the new maketh a rent or it rips. And it says, And the piece that was taken out of the, the new agrees not, notice that, with the old. Really what it's saying here is if you put a, a patch on your clothes, you know, your, 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 the, the, the new patch that you put on, it's going gonna, it's gonna to shrink. You know what I mean? But your old part, they've been washed and worn hundreds of times, but the new part's going to shrink, and it's saying that what it'll do is it'll make a tear, it'll make a rip. And no, notice what it's in there, because the new agrees not with the old. The, 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 the old and the new don't go together. They're two different covenants, completely. It's like, um, it's like having a, 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 you know, you were on, on Microsoft Word, you had a PC, and then you, you moved over to Apple. 
You know what? You're under a completely different system. And that's the way it was. The Old Testament was like a new one system. And then when you come over to the, the New Covenant, you have to learn how to operate in the New Covenant. And how you operate in the New Covenant is by faith. Amen? Just putting faith in what Jesus has done for us. The law was all about you, what you do. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. The New Covenant is what Jesus has done for us. It's completely different. Now, I'm going to stay off of that tonight because I want to get on to something else. Amen. Um, verse 37, it says, No man puts new wine into old bottles, else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled, and the bottles shall perish. But new wine must be put into new bottles, and both are preserved. No man also having drunk of old wine, look at this, the straightway desires new. Amen. For he says the old is better. That's what I'm saying. Have you been brought up under religion? If you've been brought up under works, if you've been brought up being told what you have to do, what you have to do, what you have to do, it's very hard to then just rest in Jesus and say he did it all. And that's one of the hardest things for Christians to do. We, we live out of rest. We work out of rest. We labor out of rest. Rest is just taking your place in the finished work of Jesus Christ, realizing you can't add anything to it, and trusting in what Jesus done. Working is striving, it's struggling. It's trying to make something happen. And we can't make anything happen apart from wear ourselves out. That's why Jesus said, come unto me. And there's so many Christians are wore out trying to make, make things happen. And their Christian life used to be exciting. Do you, do you, know, what do you know what it's like? It's like before you got married, do you know what it was all about? Each other. And then after a while, then you get married, and then it's about the bills, and then it's about the business, and then it's about work, and then it's about the kids, and then it's about the homework, and then it's about cleaning the house, and then it's about this, that, and the other. There's a million things going on, and you, you, get, the, you get the end of the day, and you just, and you fall into bed, and you get up again the next day. And it becomes about everything apart from the person. But you know what? If you want your Christian walk to be exciting, just bring it back to Jesus. Amen. Do you know? Do you know how you? Do you know like in a, in a relationship? I find anybody that's in a in a relationship, you'll know this, um, unless you hate each other. Like, but if you <laughs> if you love each other, okay. But you know what? You'll know this if you you know what I know. Anytime me and Donna go away anywhere, we end up just maybe just sitting in a coffee shop or something, taking you know having coffee or whatever, and then you end up you just sit and talk about things, and it just gets back to the basics of your relationship again. And it stops being about the stuff, and it stops being about everything, and it just, it's about each other again. And you just love going and seeing a, a play or something, or going for a cup of coffee, or going to the cinema, or just doing something, go for a walk together. Just the simple things that you did whenever you were dating. And you know what? Your relationship, it's like you come back and you say, why don't we do this more often? Amen? Well, you know what? That's like prayer. That's like spending time with God. It's amazing when we spend time with Him, we love it. When you just stick on a worship CD and you just, just get lost in His presence. And you think, this is really what it's all about. And you know what? If we lose that, we lose something very special in our relationship. But you know what? Here, so just saying this here. Yeah, no man desires the new straight away. You know what? You have to get a taste for it. And I'm going to, I'm going to bring that out, out in a second. You have to get a taste. I, I, can, I can tell you, all I can say is for me and Donna, you know what? We got a taste of really the new covenant I, always, I had a mixture of both and a mixture is terrible 
I'm not saying it was, it was all bad. My Christian walk was great the last 24 years, but it got better. That's all I'm saying. I had great experiences in God. Amen. We love church. We love doing church, and I'm not criticizing church. We were blessed for the last 24 four years. I've preached all over the country, and I've been blessed, blessed, blessed beyond measure. I tell you, I was well trained. You know what? We love church. But I'm just saying we had, a, we had an experience with God in the grace of God that just changed us. It's like no going back. It's like what we had was great, but it was like the lights just came on a bit more. And um, instead of the spotlight being on us and all of the pressure and the weight on us, it just went back onto Jesus. And when you look to him, you know what? Your Christian walk just becomes exciting again because it's all about Jesus. Your Christian walk is all about Jesus at the end of the day. If it stops being about him, it just becomes works and oh, you just don't enjoy it. It becomes a labor of, of the flesh. Keep Jesus in the center and it stays fresh. Amen. And, and you know, it's like any, just get back to him. My Christian walk is not about what I do for God, and, but I do a lot for God, okay? But it's not about, that's not the foundation of my Christian walk. I, I, I build my life on what he done for me and I can't add anything to it. From there you can build. From there you can grow. From there you can develop. But it's always out of rest because it's based on what he done. And there's such a joy in that. There's such a joy knowing you can't add anything to make, uh, you know, like to make him love you more. He already loves you. I start from the place of I'm loved unconditionally. What a great place to start. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, you know, I, will, I will talk about this as we go along, but you know what? We have to cultivate a desire for grace. We have to cultivate a desire for the things of God. And I want God's desires in my life more than anything. Do you know, whenever I was, whenever I was a, 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 a child, like my mom here, mom used to, like my, uh, my grand and mom's dad was a fisherman, and he used to catch eels and all different things like But any time we went to my grandas, you came home with eels. And they used to be chopped up into wee, wee bits and put on the pan. Now, if you have never had eels, I, I tell you, you'd have to maybe acquire a taste for them. Okay? Now, when I was a child, we'd scoff them. I don't even know where you took the bones out of them. I just remember just eating them. Just, just down they went. They'd be chopped up, stuck in the pan. And every time you went, you were just hoping Granda was going to give a few bags of eels on because you loved them. Do you know why we loved eels? Because we had been eating them from when we were kids. And you had developed a taste for it. Amen? Now, many times people have developed tastes for religion and tastes for all different things. And, you know, like I was saying there, you, have to, you don't desire new wine straight away. You have to develop a taste for it. And how do you de develop a taste for something? You have to keep taking it. Yeah. I, I tell you, people find it really hard to receive unmerited favor. Christians find it very hard to receive unmerited favor. Now, they can receive it for salvation, great, and preach it hard for salvation. But for anything else, we've, we've about 20 hoops you have to jump through before you get anything from God. When everything was given freely. Freely you have received, freely give. In the context of that, I was talking about miracles and everything. That was Jesus saying to his disciples, go out. And what you receive from God freely, you just give it to people. But what we do today is we, want to, we, want, we get into your lifestyle and everything before you can get anything from God. God will heal you, mess your head up, and you'll serve him all the days of your life because of how good he is. 
It's the goodness of man, or goodness of God that brings man to repentance. I've seen, sometimes people say God wouldn't heal that person because of their lifestyle. I've seen God heal people that never came back to church. Heal them. I've seen, I've seen people be healed, you know, of cancers and never come back to church. But you know what? God was still good and give them unmerited favor. That's what I'm saying. It's not based on what we do. It's based on what Jesus has done. Did Jesus pay the price for people's healing? Yeah. Did Jesus pay the price for salvation? Absolutely. See, we don't preach to people for salvation and, and get them and then say, how good are you? And how good have you been this week? We just give them unmerited favor. And do you know what? They receive the greatest gift of all. Do you know why? Because they're putting faith in unmerited favor, what Jesus done. But then for everything else, we want to, we, we, we talk you out of receiving. Because we condemn you for half an hour and then tell you now you need to believe God. And how do you call it? <laughs> it just doesn't work. Amen. Praise the Lord. But do you know what? I, I was saying there about eels. Do you know what? I, I can remember, I haven't had them in years and years, but I remember the last time I had them, I didn't enjoy them. <laughs> Do you know why? My taste had changed. <laughs> but when I was a kid, I had to get them, every one of them off the, off the pan, every single one. I get some more on them. <laughs> I'll eat all of them too. But I, the last time I had them, I didn't enjoy them. Do you know what? For the, to get the, um, your taste buds, you, ha you have to keep eating and eating that same kind of stuff that's why the studies say if you can get your children to eat eight or nine times if you can get them to eat vegetables they start to develop a taste for them now there's people that won't because they don't they're just not going to eat something but if you can get them eating certain types after a while they'll get a taste for it you know what i've been eating this last while dark chocolate i used to hate that stuff Mom used to eat that years ago and i used to, oh dear give me dairy milk any day give me milk chocolate any day you white chocolate any type of chocolate, but dark chocolate. But you know this last while, I've been getting that chocolate. Do you know why? Because I've been eating it, I've been trying to eat it because it's, it's better chocolate. And I still love dairy milk, okay, or um, Cadbury's, love it. But I'm trying to get off it. And I've been eating dark chocolate. Do you know why? Do you know now? I, I, I'm getting a taste for it. Yeah. We went to the cinema the other day and I, I brought a, a bit of dark chocolate with me to eat. With my coffee? <laughs> yeah, was that yeah? Yeah, was that size? <laughs> um, but you, but you know what? Really, what it comes down to is, you know, you develop a taste. Do you know what we need to develop a taste like for the word? Amen. Amen. That's right. You know, I I, I can remember when I got saved. I I like anybody has heard my testimony like I, I could hardly read or write well I could write shouldn't say write but I could hardly read whenever I got saved 19 years of age I used to go to church and my mate Gary used to take notes and give them to me on the way out and then I'd write up his notes and give them back to him again so because I couldn't write them but I had a, a desire to learn more but you know what I did I just kept hearing the word and hearing the word and hearing the word, and hearing the word, and hearing the word, and I, I, I still write my own notes now, like I write my own notes, but I write in tongues, nobody else can understand them, you need an interpretation. But, um, but you know what, I, even, even Donna, like I've had stuff over the years that I've got put into notes, like for, for Bible school settings, to give uh, notes out, and I've, I've got Donna to type them all up for me, I've left the notes, and she'll spend half of the morning on, on the phone, what on earth are you trying to say? Then I'll say, she'll say start, start reading it out and I'll know what I'm saying and I'll, I'll tell her and then I'll say I don't know what, how you write that down just put it in English for me 
you know, <laughs> we have a great understanding. Um, but you know what, I, 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 just, I just kept putting the word in, and kept putting the word in, and kept putting the word in, and kept putting the word in. And you know what, for the last 24 years, I've kept putting the word in. And boy, I desire it. Oh, I desire it. I've cultivated that desire in my life to where I want it more than I want anything. I mean, I get up in the morning and I'm, I'm, I'm looking for something to listen to. Um, I'm looking to read something. I'm, and that's just the way my day goes. I can remember working in a factory just up the road here and my locker was full of tapes. And you weren't, like, you weren't allowed to wear earphones, but I did anyway. I used to have them slipped up in my, up my back, and we used to wear these wee hot things, and I'd have it coming up and right into my ears, and we used to have to wear earmuffs. So I used to have my locker full of batteries and full of tapes. And I used to get all of the tapes from church, and, you know, and, and I, I, would, I would go and have it in my pocket, and everybody on the floor knew what I was listening to. But I just used to stock up and stock up and they just end up with bags and bags of tapes. And then when they got too, too much, I'd lift the bags and take them home and I'd start again. Yeah. But I was listening to the word morning, noon and night. And I haven't changed in the last 24 years. And I'm not saying I don't do other things. But I'm just saying I get the word going in me every day. Why? I've developed a taste for it. Yeah. And when you get a taste for it, you know, it's like an addiction. God made us with the ability to be addicted to certain things. It just depends what you're addicted to. I'm addicted to the Word. Yes. Amen. Uh, G um, what do you call that there group used to sing the song Addicted to Jesus? Or was that Carmen? Used to sing that years ago. Somebody sung it anyway. It was, it was a song Addicted to Jesus. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm addicted to Jesus. Amen. There's no cure. Amen. I'm not looking for a cure. <laughs> I always say it's getting worse. In the, eye, in, the in the eyes of the world, for me, it's getting better. But I need that. Like I was in um, Costa tonight just before I came up here. Uh, we, we had to get something in Uri. And um, there was a woman um, in front of me in the queue. And I, I, she was trying to get this woman to taste the iced coffee stuff. And she said, taste that. Oh, that's good. That's good. But she says, but I can't drink that hot stuff in this weather. I just can't. But you know what? Get one of them and you get your fix. I, I tell you, I need to get to church to get my fix. I need to open up the word to get my fix. That's what, that's what I live for. Amen. Look what it said here. It says, Wherefore lay apart all malice and all guile and all hypocrisy and envying and all evil speaking. And look what it says. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby. Let me tell you, if you have no word, you can't grow. You can't grow without the word. And you, can't, you, you, know, you can't grow in church with, with programs and, and experience and how cool everything looks. And I'm not against it all. But if you don't have the word, you're not growing. There is no spiritual growth without the word. Amen? There is none. And what I love about the book of um, Peter is what Peter said before. If you read the whole book, Peter said to be established in the present day truth. That's a new covenant. I'm not established in law. I'm established in grace. Now I need both Old and Testament to understand the Bible. But I'm going to live in grace. I'm going to live in the new covenant. I'm going to live on this side of the cross. But I'm going to understand. I'll go and visit all in the Old Testament. Learn what I can. See all the types and shadows. But I'm staying on this side of the cross. But I go there visiting it. And then I come right up through the cross. And see with the reality of Jesus. And what he done for me today. Amen. But I'm going, to do, I'm going to cultivate in my life 
a desire. I have a desire. I'm going to keep cultivating it. Do you know how you keep cultivating it? Just keep eating. Just keep putting it in. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. That word sincere means unadulterated. That means you don't water it down. That, that means you don't add things to it. You know, everything you need is in the word. That's right. uh, you know, I hate dad anything. Oh, I remember Donna made me a sandwich one day and she said, God, um, mayonnaise light. Uh, I'm, I, I, me and Donna have this really, we talk to each other like this and wind each other up constant, okay? But I get on the phone, I said, what kind of sandwich is this you've given me today? What is this watery stuff in this sandwich? And she started laughing because I'm not being serious, we're joking. I'd say, don't ever get me that again. What is that? Mayonnaise light. Chuck that thing in the bin. That's not mayonnaise. That's what I'd say. That's not mayonnaise. Give me mayonnaise. I want real mayonnaise. I don't want low, low butter. I don't want margarine. I want butter. Okay? I, I don't want any dad anything. <laughs> I'm not interested in all that dad stuff. In my head, they're taking someone out to put someone else in. Because they're trying to sweeten it. Okay? I like it natural. The way it came out of the cow. Just give me it like that. Donna gets sandy skim milk. I've had to give him that one. But I don't want it. Okay? I want real milk. Okay? <laughs> but you know what? When it comes to Jesus, I don't want dad Jesus. And I don't want dad word. I want the real thing. Amen? You can't grow in anything else. I don't want a, a, a manufactured message that is take, taking a few things out of the Bible, but it's, it's out of context. I want it rightly divided. The word here for sincere as well, it means alpha. The root of it, it means alpha. No alpha, the first letter in the, in the Greek alphabet. It's the beginning. You know what? You need your beginning stuff. You don't need to get off of your foundation. Stay in your foundation. I mean, stay on it. Don't get off it. Everybody's trying to find out some new, fanciful thing. I'll tell you, the, the word's good. You don't need to change it. Now, there's, a, there's different ways to serve it. But as long as it's the word. Chefs serve basically the same food. But there's some chefs that are terrible and there's some chefs that are great. But they all use the same stuff. It's just how you serve it. I don't believe we should make Jesus boring. I don't believe we should make... The things of God born. But serve Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Three things babies do. I'm not being crude on one of these, okay? <laughs> but kids eat. They sleep. They poop. I'm not being rude on that. I'm just saying that's what they do. Anybody, like, we've wee Bobby now, you know, um, when the Dean's Bobby, but that's what babies do. They eat. And they have a... A fierce hunger. They wake up crying. Let me tell you also where we need to be about the word. We need to be like that in the word. We need to have a, a, a desire where we desire the word like that. It's the sleep. I'll tell you, we need to rest in God. Amen. Amen. And I find whenever you eat, you can get you when you eat food, you can get the rubbish out of your life. Okay, read in between the lines. I'm not being real. I'm just saying that's what babies do. But look what it's saying here. It says that we desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. I want to grow in God. Amen. I'm not going to waste, waste my life not growing in God. I'm going to grow in God. And the only way you can grow is through the word. People say, oh, I just want the meat. I want milk and meat. I'm not getting off my ABCs. 
Because you get off your ABCs, there's people that get so spiritual up here, you don't even know what they're talking about, but it sounds good. But when you have your foundation, you can base your life on that. Amen. And you can only go as high as, you can only build as high, um, determined based on how good your foundation is. It's how low you build down first before you build up. I remember it being said, first God will build the man or the woman before he builds your ministry or builds your business or builds your home. He'll build you first. He'll put into you first. Because that's the way God works. Amen. Um, I read this here today, or yesterday actually, I read this about breast milk. But it says here, breast milk provides the ideal nutritions for infants. It has nearly a perfect mix of vitamins, protein and fat. Everything your baby needs to grow. And it's all provided in a, a form more easily digested than infant formula. Breast milk um, contains anti, uh, antibodies that help your baby fight off viruses and bacteria. No, that's in the natural. But you know what? I'll tell you, the milk of the word... It'll help you fight off whatever comes against you. You'll be able to stand. Having done all to stand, you'll be able to stand. Everything you need is in the Word. To grow and be strong. I'm just sticking with the Word. I'm not getting off it. I don't care what anybody else does, I'm sticking with the Word. I'm sticking with it. Amen. Peter said, you know what, if you stick with the Word, you'll be safe. He said to put them in remembrance. Paul said to put us in remembrance. And I'm going to keep reminding myself of what the word says, regardless of what anybody else does. Amen. Now, here's where I want to go with this here for, for um, a bit. I'll, I'll look at a couple of things here now and before we close this evening. But I love this scripture here. Anybody that understands faith, this, this is one of your greatest Amen. verses. You know what? I, I, to me, this is like my ABCs in the sense of I learned this. No way, your ABCs, you don't know when you learned it. You can't put a day on and say, when I learned my ABCs, or when I learned how to count to ten. It's like as if you always knew how to do that. Well, I can say for me, this is like one of those things where it's just in me. Yeah. You know, it's like, where did you, when did, exactly did you learn it? Well, I could basically tell you when I started listening to and hearing these kind of things, but it's like as if I've always known this. This, this is just one of those verses that I just love. That I've built my life upon. Um, but in Mark 11 verse 22 it says. And Jesus answered and said unto them. Have faith in God. Or have the God kind of faith. Or this is how God uses faith. This is how faith works in other words. For verily I say unto you that whosoever. I love that. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain. You know it doesn't say think about the mountain. It says say it to it. You have to speak. Amen. Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe those things which he says. And then it says that they'll come to pass he shall have whatsoever he says. And look at this. Therefore I say unto you what things soever you desire when you pray believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Amen. So it's in here. Therefore I say unto you whatsoever things you desire. You know as a faith person you have to have desires. You know, there has to be things in us that we want. Yeah. Amen? Now, I talked last week about balance and how that many times people get in a ditch, you know, and it becomes all about the things or all about the money and all about... Yeah, God wants you to have things and wants you to have money. 
But money is not the center of our lives. Jesus is the center of our lives. Okay? Um, but here's the thing about this, because this is one of those verses that, you know, when you're balanced, boy, it'll bless your life. If you're in balance, you'll end up a wacko. I've heard of people believing for other people's husbands, believing because I can have whatever I say. So I can believe for, you know, I can believe for your house. Oh, what's well, so my house? Or you know what I mean? Or yeah, I believe for your dog. You get your own dog. Amen? Right. I believe for your wife. Well, you're going to have a hard time getting my wife because she's my wife. Amen? And I've heard of these things over the years. I, I remember Andrew Womack saying about there was a woman whenever he. And whenever um, he got a hold of faith and stuff, he says there was this woman and she was going around saying that she was going to marry Kenneth Copeland. No, it was this one. Yeah, she said she was going to marry Kenneth Copeland. Okay? So this woman had a Bible school and she told all of her students that she was going to marry Kenneth Copeland because of this verse. Because she desired Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> Amen? It was a major problem. But he was married to Gloria Copeland. That was the major problem. So he said that she had um, a ceremony and everything in the Bible school and she got dressed up in a wedding dress and she married him in the spirit. Now what I'm saying is this, if you don't understand what this is talking about, when it's saying you can have whatever you say and all of that kind of stuff, you, you just can't take one scripture out and build a doctrine on it. That's right. It has to fit with the word of God. Okay? Yet I'm not saying this here that you can't believe God for great things. You know, as I go on this, it will show it. You can't believe in great, for great things in God. Amen? But uh, you can believe God for your wife, for your home, for your ideal job which you're believing God for. You believe for that. Get that in your heart. Okay? Um, here's the thing about faith. faith. Faith's roots are in the Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. I can't find in the word where you can believe God for somebody else's wife. So you know that's rubbish. Okay? You can chuck that out. Or any of those kind of things that are just people get weird, wacky doctrines. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that's the starting place of faith is go to the word. If you, if you, if you don't have a scripture to go with what you're believing for, you're in the flesh. Okay? So when it says you can have whatever you say, you see, you'll be able to track God back and say, here's why I can have. I can have whatever the Word says. That's really what it said. Amen? Get the Word in you and then you start to speak it out. Or get in line with what God's Word says. Many know it's not God's will for you to be poor. So stop confessing that and believing for that. God's will for you to walk in blessing. Amen? But it just, people get into wrong, wrong specifics here. Um, and um, James, it says that you can ask amiss. So people can say whatever they want, but if their desires are wrong and their motives are wrong for having the things that they're, they're believing for, it's just like the, they're, sometimes even people can be saying the right words, but their motive is wrong. That they may consume it on what, upon what? Their own loss. That's right. See, you know, faith works by love. So, you know, this, love is selfless. So it's just like it, it, it prevents it from, from manifesting in our, in our, in our lives. Here, this scripture here keeps us balanced here on, on that. I'm just I'm trying, putting this out here because I want to talk about these kind of desires. I'm just trying to show balance here for a second. Look at this. These things have I written unto you 
Um, these things have I written unto you that believe on the, the name of the Son of God, that you might know that you have eternal life. Well, you don't have to think, I wonder, do I have eternal life or not? The Bible makes it so easy. If you have the Son, you have life. <laughs> if you don't have the Son, you don't have life. That makes it easy. I have my religion. Not about you have your religion. If you have the Son, you have life. You go to church. Not about where you go to church. You can, go, you, can go, you can go to a restaurant and die of starvation. <laughs> you have to eat when you go to the restaurant. If you have the Son, you have life. You have eternal life. That you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence. Look at this that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will. What's His will? The Word. In actual fact, we have the last will and testament of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only one who wrote down his will, died, and then rose again to make sure his will comes to pass in your life. So if you ask anything in accordance with what he has done for you, it's going to be done for you. Amen? Look what it says here. He, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions, look at this, that we desire of him. This is what it's talking about here. If we, it's not just saying whatever I desire. It's saying whatever I desire based on what he says, based on what the word says, I can base my life on that. You can base your life on that. If God gives you a promise, it's already yes and amen. 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 Just get it in you. Get it in you to takes root. Amen. And then start getting it coming out of your mouth. Get it in your heart. Get it coming out of your mouth. Amen. Because like I say, internalize before you verbalize. Just get it in. Get it rooted. And when, it's in, when it, you internalize that word, it'll come out of your heart. It won't come out of your head. Amen. Now, I'm, going to just, I'm going to just look at this one scripture and we'll, we'll close um, this evening. But um, I want to get God's desires always manifesting and flowing in my life. You see, you can cultivate desire in your life, but it might not be God's. But if you can get God's desires cultivated in you, when you ask for it, it's going to come to pass. That's the key. There's a lot of people asking for things they have, they have never even asked God, is this what you have for me? They have never even, you know, they don't spend time with God. Uh, like, it's like um, they haven't given God access to their heart. You know, when you, when you um, download an app on your, on your iPad or your phone, especially you download something like, say, where you're going to use certain files and certain, like your camera and stuff like that. When you download that app, it starts asking you for permission. Can, I, can we have permission to your files? Can we have permission to your emails? Can we have permission to your photographs? What they're, 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 they're looking access into those areas so that they can, they come and they invade your phone. And then invade the files on your phone. But you know what? We, we need to have our heart open to God like that. For God to invade us. Not with our desires, but with His. And if you can get His desires in your heart, you're already going to be asking according to His will every time you pray. I tell you, God is more interested in, in bringing to pass His desires in and through your life than you are. Amen? Amen? That's why when you spend time with him, you're letting him put his desires in your heart. It's a, like a transfer where he starts transferring into your heart 
His desires and the things that He has for you. That's why it's not saying here whatsoever things you desire. That's not me just coming up with, well, what would I desire? I wonder what I want. Here's, you know, know what I'd love? I'd love that and I'd love that person. And I'd love to go here and I'd love to go there and I'd love to go. They can be natural desires, okay? But do you really want to have what God has for you? There's only one, one place where you can find what God has for you. That's in His Word and spending time with Him. And letting Him invade your life. Amen? Giving Him access to your heart. I want God's desires in my life more than I want anything. In other words, I want to do what He's called me to do. And I found this out. And I'll show this. I'm not going to show it tonight, like, but I will show it. God's not going to give you, um, you know, desires that will ruin your life. People think, I'd, I'd hate to open up my heart to God because God, God's liable to ask me to do something that I don't want to do. Look, if, God, if God's called you to go to the deepest, darkest place in the planet, He'll put the desire in, it, in you for that. You will want that more than anything else. Amen. You'll come alive in that place. Do you know what I'm saying? You'll come alive there. It's always amazing to me what makes different people come alive. Like I laughed when we were at your house the other night, Ryan. I said to Don after, I said, Donnie, your mom just came alive in there because she just she loved the history of your house. And I was like, I've seen passion start to come out of someone. I said, you know, Donny, your mum needs to go to places like that to see other things like that. Just that's what I send her. I said, because I watch your mum just come alive with the, the the history of your house and stuff. I, I was like, you know, I, I just seen her glowing. Do, do you know what? Do you know why? Because they had, had something in her that brought something to the surface. And, you know, I, I found in all of us, we're all into something. And when you're into something and you, you find what you're into, you've had, you've had, you've had a, a desire in there. People are into all different types of things. You know, like I know growing up with my dad, like my dad, like, you know, would have been into, into football. I was a, a, a great footballer. Still beat me any day of the week, like. <laughs> but, you know, dad was a great, great, great footballer. But you know, I, I, if you talk to Dad, not, not as interested in the modern game, but the, the, the history of the game, like Dad could talk about football games and he could name you every player that was on the pitch. And it was like in the 70s or something and, and you're going, I can't remember the team that, that played in the World Cup. You know what I mean? I can't even name the players there. Yeah, I had to think today, you know, who, who, who won that game? And that was only a couple of weeks ago. No. Where dad can tell you every, every position basically and never run up that wing and the cut across and this, that and the other. And... Do you know what that is? It's a passion. You, you come alive. Your passion makes you come alive. There's people who are into everything. I, I, we went to um, Dublin one day and there was a man sat beside me on the train and he talked the ear off me the whole way up. And do you know what he talked about? Like the game chest. I'm no interest in it. I haven't got a clue what he was talking about. I don't even know the things. All I know is a wee horse and, you know, <laughs> I don't even know what it does. I know there's pawns. But I don't know the game. I couldn't play it. You sat that in front of me. I just said it looks nice. But I don't know how to play it. But he talked the year off me. He was showing me books he had in his bag. He was going to a competition. Told me about this person and that person. I hadn't got a clue who they are. But I tell you what, he was in it. He was passionate about it. 
When you're passionate about something, you come alive. Do you know why? Because the desire for that is in you. That's what God will do for you if you open up your heart to him. He'll invade your heart with his desires. What he wants you to do and he'll give you a desire to do it. Because if you don't have the desire to do it, you're going to hate it. You will hate it. You know the first thing he'll put in you? Desire. And you end up wanting. You start thinking, you know, I'd love to do that. You know what, God, why am I thinking that? God, I've always wanted, and you know what I mean? I've always had that desire come up when I'm praying or spending time, that desire comes up. Or if I go and see that, it's like I'm exposed to something that's on the inside of me and starts jumping on the inside of me and saying, I want out. That's your desire. Amen? Do you know what, if it doesn't go away, it's a great possibility that's God speaking to you. Yeah. Especially if your heart's turned to him. What are you into? You know, I, I, I had a friend. I'll read the one scripture and we'll close off this. But you know what? I had a friend. And his, um, his dad was motorbike mad. You know, uh, um, Wolfie. Um, and Wolfie was motorbike mad. Just motorbike crazy. And I can remember, you know, my mate telling tell me, um, he says, he says, whenever, he says, um, my mum was getting renovations, stuff to, done to the house, and says she had no kitchen, no nothing in the house. She said, and, and we're sitting there, no kitchen, no back door, no nothing. She says, and it comes with dad, she say, he says, he wheels in, I don't know how many sets of wheels, into the kitchen. He had a motorbike sitting in the kitchen. Now these were racing bikes like for the Northwest and stuff like that. And he brought in these, these, these wheels. And he said each wheel, if I remember right, like this was years and years ago, this whenever as, as like, you know, eight or nine or 10 or whatever it was, each wheel, cost 500 quid he had he had the money for the kitchen and all of these things but he's wheeling in sets and sets and sets of wheels into the kitchen and motorbikes sitting in the kitchen he says my man went nuts when he wheeled them in but you know what and this was all out of his own money do you know what that is that's passion that's a desire that's something in you you just can't get away from I just i just want to do it amen it's like Donna's dad. Donna's dad loves fashion. Talk to Donna's dad about fashion, watches, stuff like that, and boy, he just comes alive. Donna's brother's the exact same, just comes alive. Look at this. Donna's dad will be showing me stuff, and he looks up stuff on websites and all, all across, everywhere, and he just, he just loves that kind of thing. He can measure you up, he can stand and tell you exactly what, say, you know what you were, because he just has always been into that. He just loves it, it's a passion. But you know what, really when it comes down to it, they're all great, they're all, and it can be part of the call of God upon your life as well. But here's the thing, are you into Jesus? That's really what it comes down to. I'm into, I'm into him. Amen. You know what I mean? So is John, so is everybody I'm talking about there. I'm not, I'm not saying that they're not, I'm just saying, um, you know, I, I'm saying that, you know, that's what we need to be into. Amen, we need to be into Jesus. That's, that's the passion of our heart. That should be, you know, you know what I mean? But that's what I'm going to look at. How do, how do we get that? How do we get that actually operating in our lives? I'm going, to, I'm going to look at this here next week. This is the verse that was meant to start on tonight. Well, I thought I was going to start on tonight. <laughs> I was flicking through here quick in the head. Look what it says here. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Amen. Look at this. Commit your ways unto the Lord. Trust in him. 
and he shall bring it to pass. Amen. Amen. I'm going to break that down next week and look at several things out of this. But again, make Jesus your source of pleasure and he'll start putting his desires into your heart. Amen.